Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Thank you, choir. That was beautiful. And thanks to the drama team. That was brilliant. Our prayer is that our God will continue to bless you and strengthen you in Jesus' name. But before you sit in choir, you will help me once again. I have a song that I have to sing. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for arguments. There's none like you. There's none that can ever be like you. Forever you reign. 
and forever you will be reigned. All power, dominion, and authority belongs to you. Unto you and unto you we come this morning to worship, to serve, and to listen to. We pray our Father and our God that you speak to us today in the name of Jesus. Your word tells us that when we draw near to you, that you will draw near unto us. It is you that we come to see, O Lord. We draw near to you with our body, with our soul, and with our spirit. We pray, our Father and our God, that you will draw near to us today. We pray, Daddy, that you will speak to us by your power. That you will open the eyes of our understanding and you speak to us. And we pray, Daddy, that none will come and go the same in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that you set the captive free. We pray, Daddy, that you will turn the situation around today. We pray that you will do only what only you can do. And all the glory and honor shall be unto you. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. I just want to appreciate God for his faithfulness and for the privilege and the opportunity to be able to stand before his people to talk about his word. It is big, and I want to give all the glory unto his name. And I want to say thank you to our Father and the Lord as well for the opportunity. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Since the time that the call came in, my leg has been shaking. And my legs are still shaking now. But on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground are sinking sound. So today is the Sunday school day. And the theme for the day is the word. Our anchor verse, as our brother read to us this morning, is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3. And Ephesians, chapter 6, from verse 17 the B part of it. So we'll be talking about the Word of God, what the Word of God can do, the power in the Word of God, how I can run with the Word of God. This topic has been around, has been coming to us since the start of the year in different shades, in different color. The topic was given to us probably about two years ago and it was impressed strongly on our hearts that we need to implement it this year. We submitted it for approval way back in January and we're told that, yeah, we can go on and start implementing it. And since that time, that topic has been coming. So that tells me that God has something to say and has got something to do because our God is not talkative. In February, if you remember in our Sunday school, we did a series about the Word of God. That was after we submitted our program. So we talked about the Word of God. And about three weeks ago, or yeah, three weeks day about, our father took a sermon, and the topic of his sermon was about the Word of God, what the Word of God can do, the power in the Word of God, what I can do with the Word of God. So I was thinking that, oh, what's going on? Everything that we want to say, our Father said it. And the three days program that we had, the fasting and prayer, the first two days, the minister that came, they too, they talked about the Word of God, the heritage in the Word of God, what you can do with the Word of God, what I can do with the Word of God. And this same yesterday, if we look at our open events, the morning devotion, the topic was also treated there. It talked about the power in the word of God. When Satan went to tempt Jesus, that Jesus used that word to defeat Satan. So that tells me that God has got something to say. He might be talking to you. He might be speaking to me. Maybe that is the thing that you need to catapult you or prepare you into your new beginning. And I pray that the word of God will work for us in Jesus' name. So today, we'll be looking. Our Father said everything. I will employ you to go back and listen to that message. I think it was three weeks ago. That word was powerful. So our Father has said everything. So what else do I have to say? But well, I trust that the Holy Spirit will direct. So today we'll be looking at the power in the Word of God. 
what the word of God can do, how and where I can get the word of God. During the drama, they made mention of it. They come to Sunday school. In smaller group, you can ask questions. You can discuss. You can ask. No matter how silly the question is, ask. Even if there's no time in this Sunday school, your teacher can do one-to-one with you. can take it outside of the class. Praise the Lord. So we're looking at the word. The word. So sometimes, as human, we say something. We say words that we don't place value on. Sometimes we say things in passing. We make promise that we don't have the intention of fulfilling. We might say that, oh, that person has been disturbing me for a long time. He's been boggling me with this. Let me just promise him that so that he can leave me alone. And when the time comes for you to make good that promise that you made, you might be found wanting. And therefore, our word starts losing value. It starts losing weight. It starts making meaning to people that we make the promises to. We've heard the saying that some people, when they tell you that it's good money, they will say, ah, go and look out of the window. It's the money, to be sure. Uh, he's told me that he's coming at 9 o'clock. Uh, start preparing at 10.30. We know him. It doesn't come on time. So as time goes on, because we don't place emphasis, because we don't add value to the word we say, our word starts losing weight to people. But that cannot be said of our God. His word carries weight. His word has power. The word of God is his bond. It's his promise. It's a contract. Our God does not just speak for speaking sake. He does not speak just to discharge somebody. He does not speak just to fill gap. When God speaks, there's always action. Because for one word that God will speak, there might be probably about 10,000 things that has gone on at the background for him to say that word. Because once he, said it, once he says it, it will come to pass. So this, God, this cannot be said of our God. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible talks about God that his words are yea and amen. So when God speaks, surely it will come to pass. His word always carries weight. In the book of Psalm, chapter 119, verse 89, Psalm 119, verse 89, the Bible says that forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heavens. So the word of God is settled. Whatsoever he says, will surely come to pass. It's not a man that he should lie. Whatever he promised, he will surely fulfill it. And also in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 8, Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 8, the Bible says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God shall stand forever. So whatsoever God says, we surely come to pass. It's not somebody that makes a promise, and when the time comes to fulfill that promise, and says, I can't do that, I can't fulfill it. He has the capability, he has the ability to fulfill anything that he has promised. And also in the book of Psalm 138, verse 2, the B part, Psalm 138, verse 2, the Bible says that God magnifies his word more than his name. He magnifies his word more than his name. Some people will say, even myself, I will say, oh, I place premium on my name. The integrity of my name, I don't want anything to tarnish it. And people will say that my name is important. But we know the names of, the, the names of God. It's the Almighty. He can do all things. Because, and he says more than that. I place more emphasis on my word. Whatsoever he says, we surely come to pass. Whenever you come to me with my word, with my promise, I will surely make it to pass. And also in the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. The Bible says that God is not a man that you should lie, or a son of man that you should change his mind. Whatsoever he has promised, he will surely do it. Yeah, sometimes he might change his word, because sometimes his word is a promise, it's an agreement between him 
and the other person. So if the person fails to fulfill what he's meant to do, God might turn around and say no. And that's what happened to Eli. God told him that, yeah, I've promised you that you and your father, you will be ministering before me forever. But far be it, those who honor me, I will honor. But God has the capability and the capacity to always fulfill what he has promised. It's we men that change, that make God to reverse on his word. So God does not speak for speaking sake. Whatsoever he has promised that he will do, he will do. And God does not make false promise. So we can say that the word of God carries weight. His word is his bond, is his guarantee, is his assurance, and is his contract. So you can go back to him at any time that God, this is what you promised, this is what you say, as long as you are his child. And God will surely bring his work to pass. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14, so we're looking at the power in the word of God. And we are saying that the word of God carries weight, and the word of God is, is bond, is his guarantee, is his assurance, and is his contract. So in the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when God told Moses that he should go and tell the Israelites, the children of Israelites, that he would deliver them, Moses asked him that God, yeah, I know, maybe Moses himself was even doubting, and he was saying that, oh, the children of Israel might doubt when I go to them and tell them about you, that who should I say is sending me? God says, tell them that I am who I am, I sent you. God has got nothing else to swear by. And he's saying that I am whatsoever I say, I will do. I, I'm promising that I will take them out of their bondage. Because the children, the children of Israel might say, oh, who will deliver us from this mighty man, from this mighty taskmaster? But God is saying that I am who I am. I have the power to do it. I have promised your forefather, and I will surely bring it to pass. And also in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 35, Matthew, chapter 24, verse 35, the Bible says that the heavens and the earth will pass away, but the least of the word of God will not pass away. So whatsoever he has said that he will do, he will surely do it, he can do it, he has the ability to do it. Book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, Isaiah 55, verse 11, the Bible says, none of his word will return to him void without accomplishing what he has said that he will do. Whatsoever has come out of his mouth that he will do, he will do it. So we're looking at the word of God today, what the, the power in the word of God, and what the word of God can do. So God is not a man that his word fails. His word does not erode. His word, his words does not lose value or trust. His words are forever settled. So the power in the word of God. So we've said the word of God carries weight. The word of God is his bond. So you can be well assured that you can go back to him at any time to cash in on that word. It's a guarantee. That is why I said you can go to him as a son, as a child, and he will surely bring it to pass. So you want to look at the power in the word of God. Book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 17. Book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 17. The Bible says that God called for things that are not as if they were. That shows you the power. Things that are not, he called them forth as if they were. And that's what happened in the book of Genesis chapter 1. When he created the heavens and the earth, he spoke and it was so. He said, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. And it came forth because of the power in his word. The word of God carries with. And the book of Genesis chapter 1, he created the heavens and the earth by, by his word. In book of John chapter 1 verse 3. Book of John chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible says that all things were made by him, and there was nothing that was made without him. We're talking about the word. So everything that we can see today, that we know about, were made 
by the word of God. That shows you the power in the word of God. And John chapter 1 verse 1, our anchor verse for the day. Book of John chapter 1 verse 1. Bible says that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. So that there are three things that we can take notes from that passage. That we can underline. It says in the beginning was the word. So we can underline the word. And the word was with God. So the word was with God. So you can underline that. The word was with God. And the Bible says that the word was God. So the word was God. The word was with God. And in the beginning was the word. So if the word was God, so we can say that God is the word. So the word was God and God is the word. And we know who God is. God is powerful. God is powerful. So if God is powerful and God is the word, so we can say that the word is powerful. So the word of God is powerful. So looking at the power of God, because we said God is powerful. It says in the book of Genesis chapter 17 verse 1, when he was talking to Abraham, he said, I'm the Almighty. The Almighty. And what does that mean? The El Shaddai. Yahweh. The All and Mighty. That is the one that can do all things, that has the mighty power to do all things. So, the, so God is the Almighty. And in the book of Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 27, it says, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me to do? So we're talking about the power of God and the power in the word of God. So our God is the almighty, is the one that can do all things. And also book of Mark chapter 10 verse 27, Bible says that with God all things are possible. And Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says it can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or we may even think of. So our God has power that we don't even know about. In the book of Joshua, chapter 10, verse 12, it talks about the story of Joshua. He commanded the sun to stand still. And if you look at that story, has there been, has there been something like that that has happened before? Has the sun stood still before that time? No, it was not written. It's not been heard of before. But Joshua knew the God that he, that he served, the God of Moses, the one who parted the Red Sea, the one who brought food from heaven, the one who did mighty things. And he knew that if I asked God of this, is he, is he a powerful God? He can surely do it. So he prayed unto God that this battle that we're fighting, we cannot fight it in the dark. So the sun stands still and God honors his word. So God can do exceedingly abundantly more than what we may ask or we may even think of. Our God is the Almighty. So we're saying that God is powerful and the word was God in the John chapter 1. So if the word was God and God is the word and God is powerful, so we can say that the word of God is powerful. And also, in the second part of the John chapter 1, verse 1, the second thing that we, underli- that we underlined, the Bible says that the word was with God. The word was God. So we know God was there, and the word was with God. So we can say that God was with God. So that means something was with God. And what is it that was with God? It's talking about Jesus Christ. And we know about the Trinity. God that manifests himself in the Father, as the Father as the Son, and as the Holy Spirit. So when they said the Word was with God, so we can say that Jesus was with God at the beginning. And we also know that Jesus came to the world in form of a man. And when he came, he manifested the power of God. He did great and mighty things. He showed the power of God. The power of God manifested in him. It says, the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. That he is the bread of life. He was the great healer. 
He did great and mighty miracles in his time. He fed 5,000 people. He healed the woman with the issues of blood. He healed the madman of Gadara. Lazarus that was dead for four days, he brought him back to life. So Jesus was powerful. Jesus is powerful. God is powerful. Jesus is the word, and God is the word. So we can say with any shadow of doubt, with authority anywhere, that the word of God is powerful, that the word of God carries weight, that the word of God has power. And what is in there for me? So we're talking about the word of God. This word is powerful. He will do whatsoever he has promised that he will do. So what can the word of God do? The word of God can heal and bring healing. So no matter what the doctor tells you, no matter the report of the doctor, no matter the sickness, the word of God can heal. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 107 verse 20, the Bible says that he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from destruction. So the word of God was sent and he brought healing. And in the book of Luke chapter 7, book of Luke chapter 7, when he was talking about the story of the centurion, he says, I'm the man under authority, my servant is sick, just send your word, you don't need to come. And he sent his word, and there was healing. So the word of God can heal, no matter the issue, no matter the problem. You just need to go to God in that word, and it will surely bring healing. The word of God can change situation and turn things around. In the story of Elisha, it says this time tomorrow that will be turned around. And there was turned around. Elijah said, at my word, there won't be rain. That it's only at my word again that rain will come. For three and a half years, there was no rain. And when the time came, he said, go and get ready. Rain is coming. So the word of God, through Elijah, caused turnaround. And the angel of God said to Sarah in the book of Genesis, that this time next year, there will be a turnaround. So there is power in the word of God. The word of God brings healing, the word of God can turn things around. And God, the word of God can bless as well. It can turn the vine around and bring blessing. Because in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2, it says the blessing of the Lord will pursue and overtake you in the land of the living. That's the promise of God. And book of Leviticus chapter 26, verse 10, it says you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will be preparing room for a new harvest to come in. That's the word of God that we can stand on. And in the book of Psalm, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, We shall be like a tree planted beside the water that brings forth fruits in season and out of season. Even when people are saying there's drought, when people are saying there's famine, we keep bringing fruits. And that's what happened to Isaac. When even the indigenous of the land, when they were struggling, that there was nothing. Isaac was smiling, he was laughing because the word of God told him to stay. He stayed and he got his blessing. So the word of God carries weight. The word of God has power. The word of God brings healing, it brings divine turnaround, and it brings blessing. So no matter what you're going through, there's always a solution in the word of God. So you only need to search for the promise. The promise is an undertaking to give and to produce when asked or demanded for. So when somebody makes a promise, hey, man, man can fail, but God can never fail. So you can go to God with his word, like, Father, you promised this. I know you can do it, you have, you have the capability. As a son, please do it for me. So you search, on the, you search the word. You stand on the word. It is your heritage. The prodigal son, we always say, oh, the boy is foolish. Of course it's foolish because he squandered the wealth. But if we look at it from another side, he was wise because he knew his father. He knew what his father has. And he knew the authority that he has because he is a son. He asked the father, 
give me what belongs to me. So he knew what belongs to him. So if we know what belongs to us, we know what the Bible says, what the word of God says, we can go to the Father and demand for that that belongs to us. Because sometimes, sometimes when we pray, we murmur and we complain. God says, come, let us reason together. Bring me to remembrance. It is not about complaining. It's not about argument with God. That God, I've been, I've been on the queue for quite a while. I'm the first person that comes to church. I pay my tithe, I pay my offering, I do this, I do that. How come you haven't done mine? But that, hey, that, that is not as diligent as I am. You have done is. Ah, you are not a fear God. It's not about that. But we go to God with his word and remind him of his promise. And we surely do it. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 26. Isaiah 43, 26. It says, put me to remembrance. That is, remind me of what I have said. Not that he forgets, but he wants to know. Maybe you know what belongs to you. So when you know what belongs to you, and you go to him, that is what belongs to me. Give it to me. He will surely give it to you. My wife sometimes tells me, uh, man, why do you keep arguing with people on the phone? And sometimes I argue with people on the phone. Service provider, banks, I argue with them. They take charge probably money that they know not meant to take. They overcharge you. They do things that they know not meant to do. But when you know you're right, and you speak to them, that no, you can't do that. No, you can't take that. And you tell them that this is what the contract says. Contra- contractually, you can't do that. Legally, you can't do that. You tell them that. They backtrack. They pass the phone to their manager, and they come back to you, and they know that they've made a mistake. They come back and apologize because you're standing on your rights. So when you know you're right in God, you go to him. He will surely give it unto you. I've received several letters of apologies. I've received gift money. They're apologizing. I'm sorry. We are sorry. We got it wrong. Because I stood on my, on my rights and they knew. But at times that I missed it as well, I remember a time that I was overcharged and I called the company involved and they told me, have you read your contract? You know, sometimes they give you contracts where you need to sign, big letter, big box. The date, big letter. How much you need to be paid monthly, big letter. But 10 other pages, small prints. And they know that people doesn't read that. So when I call them, ah, you can't take this money, you can't take this charge. They said, yes, you can take it. Go and read your contract. Section 14, subsection B, the D part. And I went to read it. And I knew that, oh, they had the right to take it. So I apologized because I didn't check my rights. So if you know your right in God, you know the word, and the word is on your mouth. And you go back to God, you ask as a child, Father, you promised me that you do this. You said the kings will honor me, that their wife will be my first-time mother, that they will bow before me and lick the dust of my feet. That, ah, you said that she call on you in the time of trouble, that you will hear me. God will surely hear, and will surely do it. Our God is a merciful God. Let me, just, let me just share a testimony here that I know will benefit somebody, just to show the power in the power of God, because the word of God is powerful, and he can do great things. I remember a time when I started a new job, you know the first week that you start a new job? It's like honeymoon. Nobody's asking anything from you. They are giving you tea, buying you coffee. So nobody's expecting anything from you in the first week. But I remember the second week, the project director called me to his office. Not even my manager. The man called me. He said, look, these are the problems that we're having on this project. These are this, these are that. Pressure is coming from top. And that's why we brought you in. So do quick and make haste and give us a solution. <laughs> and I looked... I remember I left the office around 8 p.m. that night. I was scratching my head. That boy, you're out of your debt. This is not a bad thing. This is different. And I cried to God that night. 
that God, please help. You said we should call on you in the time of our trouble, that you hear us. This is trouble. Please help. And the Holy Spirit directed me to search the scripture for where God has done similar things. God done similar things? Oh, okay. But he directed me to read Genesis chapter 1. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, it talks about the creation of heaven and the earth. God created the moon, the sun, the light. He created all things. He created man. And the Bible says that in, in verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1, it says, on the sixth day, God looked and everything was beautiful. So God created heaven and the earth in six days. So that means, it's telling me that God project managed the creation of heaven and the earth in six days. He created everything in six days. And the Bible says he was happy. So if God was happy, who are the angels that were there not to be happy? Who are the created not to be happy? So that tells me God finished his project on time, probably ahead of time, because he had one day to rest. So God finished the project on time. If there was monetary, monetary value attached to it, I'm sure it would have been under budget. And everybody was happy. God was happy. So that means the angels were happy. That means the contractors, the clients, the customers, everybody were happy. So that was the solution I was looking for. That God, you're a project manager. And you are still a project manager. You did the project and it was successful. So from now on, you are my boss. Not this man that is jumping up and down. He doesn't have the solution. God, you have the solution. Please help. Please show the way. And less than four weeks, there was a turnaround. I didn't create a new thing. It was an existing report, existing KPI that I was directed. Just add this, add that, remove that, remove that. And I sent it to the man. Have a look and let me know what you think. Within one hour, the man came back and said, wow. And he copied everybody. This is the solution that we've been looking for. This is what I've been asking everybody for for the past six months. Yes, this is good. So from then, God made me to be a darling of the man. When I wanted to leave that company, he told my manager, do everything. We don't want to lose this person. It was not about my ability, it was God. So I dug into the word of God and I stood by the word and the word brought speed. So there's good news for you, no matter what your career is, no matter the situation in your career, God has the solution. He has done it before. The Bible says he is the great physician. What he didn't teach you at medical school, God knows it. What your professor is hiding in his back pocket, God knows about it. You just need to go to him with his word. God was an engineer. The Bible said that he parted the Red Sea and he created an highway for his people to pass through. So if you're a civil engineer, you just need to cry unto God. God can do it. If you're a petroleum engineer, a reservoir engineer, a driller, the Bible says that he changed the formation of the rock and he brought out water. So God can do all things. They might be saying, so they might be saying that the North Sea is depleting. We want solution. We want solution. God can make you the solution. There is power in the word of God. You just need to go back to him with his word, and he will surely do it. And if you're a businessman as well, our God was a businessman. He was a banker, an accountant, an economist. If you remember the parable of the, of the talents, the Bible says that he gave them according to their capability. He gave one five, gave one two, gave one one. So God knew where to invest his money, and he knew where he can bring the return. And he did lose, he did not lose. Everything that he invested, brought back value. Even the last man that didn't bring any increase, he brought back what was given to him. So God did business and God did not lose. So you just need to go back to God. God can sort you out. You know. So we're talking about the power in the word of God. So the word of God has power. The word of God carries weight. 
he fulfilled his word. You just need to know his word and go back to him. He said, ask of me and I will give the evenings to you for your possession. The uttermost part of the world for your inheritance. So you just need to ask him. But before you ask, you need to know. Let me quickly open the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It's a popular verse. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, it's a popular verse. I believe that most of us here should know it. The Bible says that the book of the law should not depart from your mouth. The book of the law should not depart from your mouth. That is, you must speak about it. And for you to speak about it, that means you need to know about it. My mother's tongue is Yoruba. So I didn't have to struggle to learn Yoruba. I can speak it fluently. But if you ask me to speak Japanese, I don't know a single word in Japanese. I can't speak it. I don't understand it. But if I want to be fluent in Japanese in the next six months, it is possible. What do I need to do? Invest. Learn. Be with people that can do it. So if the word of God is not in your mouth, you don't know about it. So invest your time to study it. And the word of God can be in your mouth. But it says, but you shall meditate in, on, in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. It's not only about reading. It's about study and meditating. So you can read and forget about it. Sometimes we read Bible for reading's sake. Uh, my son is good teacher said that we should read. Therefore, I need to read. You read it, you forget. Open heavens. The one, probably the one we read yesterday, we read yesterday, maybe you've forgotten it. But the Bible says you need to meditate on it. You need to know it. You know, there are times that you study even a verse in the, in the Bible, and for weeks you're still meditating on it. The Holy Spirit will be taking you from that verse to another verse, to another book, to another chapter. And that verse will be as if you are preparing the sermon because the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. And that will be in you. And that's what happened to Jesus when Satan came to tempt him. He defeated him by the word. He said, it is written because that word was in him. So the Bible is saying that we need to meditate, not only on your, on your lips, but you need to study it, you need to meditate on it. And if you do that, it says, for then it will make you to be prosperous and then you will have good success. So for you to have good success, it's about the word. Because when you, when you have the word of God in you, you know your rights and you can go to God with that right. When the enemy come to you, the Bible says that when they come to you in one way, they shall flee in seven way. That it will cause your enemy to be smitten before you. So you know that word of God in you. So when the enemy comes to set you back, maybe a year or two, and you use the word of God to attack, that this battle is not mine, the battle is God. You, that the enemy is meant to set back two years, then with that word, God can give you promotion by another year. That's why he's saying that you have prosperity. So it's not about material prosperity alone. It can be prosperity in your health. It can be prosperity in your career. That when battle comes, when issues come, when things come, you stand on the word of God, you go to, the, to, to God with his word. Daddy, this is what you have promised me. I know you are not a man that you should lie. I know your capability. I know your ability. I know what you can do. And this is your promise. Your promise is your bond. I know you can do it. Therefore, please help me. And I know that God will help you. We help in Jesus' name. So today is our Sunday school day, and we give glory unto God. We're talking about the word, and the word of God is important. And where can I get the word of God? Through preaching? Personal study? Where's day? From our Father and the Lord? But Sunday school, you come to the smaller group, ask questions. You can ask of anything. You can learn. Your teacher can have personal time with you. And as we do that, I pray that God will continue to bless us in Jesus' name. There are much to say, but there's no much time. 
But I believe that the Holy Spirit will continue his word in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Why don't you return to God? Maybe in the past, you have murmured, you have complained. Why don't you seek for forgiveness? That God, please forgive me. From now on, I will trust on your word. I know who you are. I know what you can do. From now on, O Lord, I will trust in you. And when I come to you with your word, O Lord, I pray that you have mercy on me and you will make your word to have speed in my life. Why don't you talk to God? In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can we please pray? For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.